I was like, this isn't working for me. I was like, okay, how can I fix it? And I had to be in radical acceptance for my part, what I was doing, what wasn't healthy. And then once I did that, I knew that, okay, I need help. I need to ask for help, which was really hard and took a lot of courage to admit that I was doing some stuff that wasn't so great and I needed help with it. But when we can get into acceptance for where we are, maybe what's going on in our lives, then we can take those first steps to ask for help or to get the right action or look to somebody who's gotten through those circumstances before and they've come out the other side. Welcome back to another episode of the Who You Know Show podcast, where what you know is important, but who you know can make all the difference in your business, career, relationships, and life. My name is Trevor Houston, and on this show, you'll learn the strategy, grit, and mindset it takes to overcome obstacles so you can level up in your career, recover your cash flow, and live the life of purpose that God intended for you. Don't forget to look at the mic drop moments timestamped in the show notes below. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure to pay it forward, subscribe and leave an honest review so we can improve. Thanks for listening. My name is Trevor Houston, and please enjoy this episode of the Who You Know Show. Amberly Largo, she's a leading expert in the field of resilience and transformation. She's the best-selling author of True Grit and Grace and empowers people around the world by sharing her story, how she turned a tragedy into triumph. Oh my goodness. I know why well, I, I moved here just for y'all. Yeah, like, I, I was like, yeah, we met and I'm yep. like, actually, I'm gonna, I wanna come and It just it. worked out perfectly. So I met you with Heather Monahan's yeah. book launch. Yes. And so you were talking about some of the things that you've had to overcome and stuff like that. And you were, you started talking about the motorcycle accident. And I was like, I was in a motorcycle accident. Oh, we just clicked, clicked, yep. instantly clicked. Yeah. So let's go back. All right. Actually, talk to us about what your life was like before the accident, like before all this stuff changed. What was I, your life like? I felt like I had finally worked hard and I was in a place where I was like, oh, I'm living the California dream. Oh, all that hard work has paid off. I finally have a husband that I'd been divorced twice. I used to be embarrassed about that, but I finally met the man of my dreams, two healthy kids. I had this very successful business with all these other trainers that worked with me and everything was good. I was doing fitness videos spon sponsored by Nike. Oh, wow. Really recognized by as a coach and everything changed in the blink of an eye. Like that, just like that. Yeah. Yep. Were you in California when you had the one was like yep. I was coming home from work, <laughs> just ran 11 miles in my best time. Beat my workout partner for the first time ever. So I was like, yeah. Were you on the 405? You know what? I was on Ventura Boulevard. You were on Ventura. Ventura okay. cruising along. And wow. when you ride a motorcycle, as you're you you are very aware of your surroundings. You're trying to make sure other people see you. And mm -hmm. I saw this SUV and I thought, okay, they see me. And apparently they didn't, or they were trying to beat me. 
and they shot it out of a parking lot. And so I got T-boned and I was thrown about 30 feet, just sliding across the Were, were you the rider or were you on the back or were you uh, riding? No, I was, it you, was my bike. You ride. Okay. Yeah. First of all, I got to give you this. Yeah. Okay. My, Mark, Mark and I, no, we both I have. I ride on the back. Uh, my wife has her own motorcycle. Yeah. Now, what kind of bike yeah. did you have? Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Hold on. Was it a Triumph? No, it was a Harley 1200 Sport. Okay. okay. Sportster. Okay. Sportster. That was yeah. my first, that was my first bike when I got my motorcycle. Pleasant was a Sportster. Yep. Yeah. I, I met my husband and I went out with him because he was on a Texas chopper. And I'm like, oh, now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I'll go out and he looks good in a uniform. <laughs> but he was like, he's, yeah, you know, I ride a bike. I'm like, I do too. He's, you have a class M1 license? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, let me see that license. And I'm like, yeah, I grew up on dirt bikes. And this was actually my second motorcycle. And that was what we did for fun. Like we would go out. He was a California Highway Patrol. He was head of oh. the chippies. And oh. I learned oh. to ride like one of the chippies and how to split and how to leap. So he was really good. He's really good. Okay. And we we were safe riders, but it doesn't matter what kind mm -hmm. of a rider you are. It, no. Because... Especially on the dribble. And it's getting yeah. worse and worse, too. Now, yeah. it's even more dangerous now than... With people yeah, texting oh, yeah. oh, my gosh. Everything that they do in the car now. People uh, aren't... Yeah, it's it's not... It's usually the motorcycle rider. It's usually the other person. Yeah, the, it, it's yeah. the other mm -hmm. drivers. But I also... There's another thing that happens a lot, too. I, it drives me crazy when I'm driving, and one of those crotch rockets will just go... Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. There's no way I would I, ever... Yeah. <laughs> no, you yeah. were there. And I, in, I Calif I, in California, it's in between cars. Oh, yeah, they're just... Because you can do that in California. Like, I'm thinking there's yeah. no oh, way... you can't do that in Texas? No. No. To do that? Oh, no. Can't drive oh, through the traffic. Can't like drive that. in between Kidding. cars. Nope. 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 Oh, oh, it's a good thing. We told you. Yep. Yeah, I was... And you know what? I swear, I had... All my guardian angels were working overtime because... Everything, when I look at it, everything was just lined up perfectly for me to live. Because when I was hit, I looked down at my leg and it was completely broken. It, yeah. oh my it God. was oh, like, wow. I felt like my leggings were the only thing holding it together. And I didn't want to let go of my leg because I was really afraid it was going to fall off. Oh, my and God. My femoral artery oh was my severed. Oh, I, my goodness. I didn't know. Like, you can bleed out. Within minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh, within minutes. And I look down, and with every, it is like one of those horror movies, like the blood every squirt with yep. every pulse. There were paramedics that were right down the street. Oh. They didn't even have to get called. Birdie they were already running the to the scene before they even got the call. So paramedics got there. There was a total stranger that came and ripped off his belt, made a tourniquet around my leg. Okay. And, and I was rushed to the hospital and it was just everything, the way they got me there so fast, but mm. they had to put me in induced coma because they couldn't control the pain. And I had lost so much blood that all mm -hmm. my organs and everything were down, down completely. Mm -hmm. oh my. And when I woke up from a coma is when I learned they're like, we're gonna have to amputate your leg. You mm. only have a 1% wow. chance. And how long was that you were in a coma? I was up? in a coma for a little over a week. Wow. Okay. And I woke up and oh. I had got tubes going down your throat and I was trying to rip out those tubes. Yep. You're like, yes. no, don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. 
And then they brought me a notepad and a pen. And the first thing I wrote was, get off my tubes, because my husband was leaning against my tubes and I couldn't breathe. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I love you, honey. How long have I been out? And I'm like, get off my tubes. Oh, my God. I breathe. And, but then I learned I had this 1% chance. And it matters so much what you put your focus on, because all I focused on was the 1%. That was my glimmer of hope. And I know y'all talk about giving people mm -hmm. hope. And I thought, okay, 1%, and there's still a chance. Yeah. I need to find a doctor. And when you wake up, you were like, how long? I thought I'd been out an hour. And yeah. So you went through like agonizingly, to say this, but 30 plus surgeries, right? Mm -hmm. Like 34 uh -oh. or something like that? Yeah. Now, oh my had goodness. I known I was going to have to have 34 surgeries, I I might I don't know, but I may have said, you know what? Go ahead and take the leg. <laughs> it, 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 it was in and out of the hospital for years. Yeah. And, but truly the beginning of my transformation and where what eventually led me to my rock bottom was I got out of the hospital. I'm thinking, okay, I've got grit. I can get better. I'm going to heal. I can do this. And I was diagnosed with this nerve disease and that's, it leaves me in constant chronic pain. So that pain has really been my biggest teacher. But let me tell you, I hit a dark bottom I want to talk oh, about that for just a second. So I heard that, what's the disease? It's called complex regional pain syndrome. And they call it? The suicide disease. Because the pain is so bad. And there's no no cure. And is they, this the same times revolving around the accident? Yeah, it was, it's caused as a result of trauma. Like you can get it from breaking something or a sprained ankle, a surgery. It's most common in women, and they're not sure exactly why, but it's your nervous system, your sympathetic nervous system is just all out of whack. So there's a constant loop of pain. And so it feels like I have it in my right leg only. Some people get it full body and it spreads. Oh, Mine wow. has not spread. Mine's in my right leg, and it will feel like there's a vice grip mm. around my foot and like ants stinging your legs. So wow. the burning. And I was trying every kind of treatment and I was, had never done any drug, never tried recreational drugs. I didn't even take aspirin. Yep. I was on 73 homeopathic pills and 11 different prescription medications. I had done ketamine infusions. I had a spinal stimulator implanted where they implant these metal leads in your back. I had, I was oh. trying everything. What hospital did they put you in initially? Initially, I was in Northridge. Okay. They got treated. Most of the surgeries mm -hmm. were at Cedars. Then I was in UCLA. I can tell you who has the best doctors. Like I can, because I've been in so many of the different hospitals. Yeah. But when nothing was working, I was about ready to give up, and that's when I was. I realized so much that you need purpose, you need community, faith. God is what really got me through. I got on my knees and prayed, and I had that little bit of light, and I was like, God, I need help. I so what were, what were some of the, like, 
steps that you went through, right? When you saw that little glimpse of light, what were some of the daily steps that you did that started to help you to overcome? I think first I had to take a good hard look at my life. I had to look at what I was doing, what my part in it was, like what was not working. Okay. And that's hard sometimes. You want to place blame or you want to say it's not your fault or that's I'm the victim, whatever. Mm -hmm. Poor me. And I was like, oh, no, I need to look at what were some of those things? What were some of the like you took accountability, you reflected and you're like, what were some of those things? Oh, God, I was started drinking to try to numb out the pain instead of feeling those feelings. I was like, I remember having a first drink and thinking, this isn't the healthiest thing to do, but it sure helps numb out that pain, not just physically, but emotionally and the shame because I'm now scarred from my Mm. hip down and I didn't look the same. So I'd lost my confidence. I had $2.9 million worth of medical expenses. We had a lean house. I lost my career. And so I was like, let me just knock these drinks and that worked until it didn't and I had to take a good hard look at that and when I was like this isn't working for me I was like okay how can I fix it and I had to be in radical acceptance for my part what I was doing what wasn't healthy and then once I did that I knew that, okay, I need help. I need to ask for help, which was really hard and took a lot of courage to admit that I was doing some stuff that wasn't so great and I needed help with it. But when we can get into acceptance for where we are, maybe what's going on in our lives, then we can take those first steps to ask for help or to get the right action or look to somebody who's gotten through those circumstances before and they've come out the other side. And so in 2016, I decided to get sober and one day at a time, I slowly started to get my life back, my health back, build my relationships, which you guys talk so much about is the relationships. And that is what saved me by Mm. the grace of God and with the relationships that I have built. Who are some of those people, right? I'm going to throw this in. So who are some of the people, some of those relationships that helped you get through some of those moments. You know what? I have friends, I call them the God Squad. We call ourselves the God Squad. And it's some of my sober sisters. And let me tell you, I was, I, I, my husband was about ready to trade me in yesterday. <laughs> he was like, I, we've been through some tough stuff, but I have never seen you like this. I was having a meltdown because we just moved in and I'm a content creator. I have not had internet and I just, oh. I lost it. I had spent hours writing all this content up and we lost internet and oh, no. all my work disappeared. Oh, and I know I that flipped feeling. out and my husband was like, you need to get a grip on yourself. It was, and I'm embarrassed of how I acted, but I was able to call one of my sisters from my God squad and be like, I'm freaking out. 
And in those moments when you know you're not alone and they've been through that, or even if they haven't been yeah. through mm-hmm. the same thing, they're with you. If they can just be there with you, mm-hmm. hold your hand and hold space for you, we don't have to have it all figured out for each other. But if we can hold space for each other, if we can just say, you know what, I know you're going to get through this. How can I help you? Then it's that little bit of encouragement, that little optimism. When was it that you really stopped the victim mentality? That's, I guess, what I really want to know. Was it like at that rock bottom or when was that? It was in that rock bottom. I remember thinking, how did a good girl like me end up like this? Like, how did I end up here? Jobless, in debt, like struggling, hopeless. And I thought this is not the example that I want to be for my daughters. And at that moment, I was, I will Mm. not be the victim. I will be the victor of my life. Mm. And we are not Mm. the victim of circumstances. We are the product of our resiliency. And we all have that resilience within us. It's just being able to tap into it and practice it every day. Like you were saying, we pray and we give praise. It's going to the gym every day. We have to build up our stamina. We get stronger every day we go to the gym. The same thing, it goes with our resilience, with our mindset. We work on that every day. So when something comes along and knocks us off of our way or we can get back on, we can get back on track. So I've got a two-part question. The second part is you came from coaching. Mm -hmm. You know very well a coach sometimes is the person that gets you to do what you don't want to do, but you know is going to better you, further you. Who was that person for you? Like somebody that just was able to tell you as it was and say, hey, let's get moving. I would say the person that for me, that was that. And I've had, I'm a huge believer in coaches and mentors and masterminds and networking groups. And I am a coach and I have a coach. I'm a sponsor and I have sponsee people. I think the person that was probably for me was my sponsor in recovery mm-hmm. in my 12 step program. And I was so desperate to get better that if she would have said, go run down the street and do some jumping backs and hoot and holler and come back, I would be like, okay, whatever you tell me to do, because I want what you've got. I want to have joy and I want to have freedom and I want to have that resilience. And I think it's important to surround yourself with people, whether it's spiritual spirituality or it's in business or whether it's somebody you want to have fitness goals like them. To surround yourself with people who have done the things that you want to do, that you aspire to do, because it gives you hope that you can get there, but also you're going to trust, okay, they practice what they preach. I want what they've got. I want to do whatever it takes to get there. I trust them. I'm going to trust their guidance. And along with praying every day and getting on my knees every day, I would say my sponsor and just wanting to be a better wife to be the wife that my husband married me for. Yeah. And mom and friend and sister. And Were you things. training before you had the accident or during the trip? 
Yeah. You've so probably been I, training a long time. Man. I was training for years. Yeah. For, it was, gosh, I've been training. I still have a handful of clients. I have one client on Zoom through mm -hmm. COVID and everything. We've still trained for 26 years now. So before that, I taught dance and then I got into fitness training. And I just love working with people. And yeah. I love seeing that transformation, whether it's a like spark transformation where you see that light go yep. on or it's a it's slow, burn. A slow <laughs> transformation that takes a little bit more time. That's where I get my joy. So I, I've got a question for you, something that I've thought about a lot with my motorcycle accident. If you had to go back and do it all over again and get on that motorcycle, would you get back on that motorcycle? Would you get on it? Yeah. You would? Mm -hmm. yeah. I've had a lot of people say, oh, would you take it back? And I used to think, woulda, coulda, shoulda, like if I would have waited one more minute. You know, that day I took the long way home mm -hmm. because I wanted to feel the wind mm -hmm. through my hair a little mm -hmm. bit longer in the sun. And I just wanted to be on Ventura Boulevard a little oh, bit yeah. longer. And I thought, gosh, what if I would have waited? What if I would have trained one more client? What if I wouldn't have taken that way home? Why did this happen? And that put me in that helpless feeling and that yep. spiraling down. And so I always think I wouldn't take it back because it's led me to the people that I've connected with today. It led me right here with you and everybody that is watching today. And, you know, you've been and able to I'm grateful for. Yeah, you've been able to make some massive impact by sharing your story and encouraging people and uplifting people and showing them that you can get through and that you can make it, you know, and, and it's like. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. And so um, talk to us about that. Since that journey, you got through. What are some of the things that you've been able to accomplish? Some of those high moments, some of those big impact moments. What are some of the things you've been Gosh, speaking well, all over the I'm world? I'm telling you, it never in a million years would anybody ever imagine, including myself, that I would be invited to speak all over the world, do a TED Talk, have a book that became a bestseller because one of the reasons, okay, because y'all, I am so impressed with you and your techno, like your technology <laughs> skills and everything. It is impressive, away. yeah. Because I didn't own a computer five years ago. My whole world was fitness. I did everything old school. Everything was by word of the mouth and word of mouth referral. And so when I decided to write a book, I bought a computer and typed it up and had to learn how, I didn't even know how to attach a picture to an email. It was bad. <laughs> I share that because I want other people to know, anybody who's watching, that if you want to do something, if you really want to learn how to do that thing, that there's a way. And if you have enough passion and you know the reason why, you can figure it out. And one of my biggest motivators is Number one is when I had a doctor tell me that I would never walk again and never wear shorts again. And then number two, when I had people laugh and say, you will never write a book. Good luck with that. I was like, yeah. oh, I'm going to get a laptop. Right You're like, uh, I'm going <laughs> to do that. Do Challenge. And, uh, isn't, you, isn't it a bestseller? That's the bestseller. That's all. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. And I share that because I devoted time every day to write. and. 
Along the way, I had some self-doubts and I would have those thoughts creep up. Who am I to write? Who is going to read my book? And I thought just maybe there's one person that it that will read it and that it will help them get through a hard time. It will be their call to their resilience and their courage and their confidence. And you know what? Because I got invited to speak on the Today Show. And because of that, it became a bestseller in three categories. Mm. That led to speaking on stages to... Megyn um, Kelly, I think, right? Yeah, with yeah. Megyn Kelly. Yeah. And then the Doctors TV. And then Hallmark. And I'm speaking with you. So you were a coach, you've spoken to groups before, but now your story is totally different. And so you're up in front of thousands of people. You're now able to tell a new story. Was it natural? Did you have to work on that? Was, can you talk to us about that experience? Oh yeah. I started getting asked to do speaking and I'm like, really? I've never done public speaking. And so I thought I need to hire somebody to teach me how to speak. And so I remember taking a course on how to be a speaker. And I went to Nordstrom's and bought a suit. I only had workout clothes and I didn't even know what size I was because I, I didn't own any suits. And I gave my first talk and they're like, yeah, that was good. But the whole time you kept your hands in your pocket, like I did not know how to do it. And then I started just sharing my message on social media. And I, when I got a publisher for my book, they're like, if we publish your book, but we don't market it. So we don't brand it. We don't market it. If you want to get it out there, you're going to have to do that yourself. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to have to figure out this Instagram thing and this branding thing. Yeah. I just started sharing on social media, on Instagram every day, trying to just give value. And I knew in a year, I want, my goal was to get to 10,000 followers on Instagram so I could do a swipe up and buy my book, swipe up. <laughs> and I did it like almost with a year. And I committed every day to spending like two hours a day because I wanted real community, real like friends, real. And I've met people from all over the world through Instagram that have come in to see me at an event from Australia and New Zealand. And, wow, and wow. we've met through social media. And so I just started figuring it out every day. And I hear so many people say, oh, I'm too old. I'm, that's before, that's, mm. I'm too old for that. And I'm like, I'll be 50 in next month. And if I can figure it out, if you want it bad enough, you find a way. If That's you don't, it. you'll find an excuse. That's if okay. you want it bad enough, you'll find a way. If you don't, you'll find a... An excuse. Hmm. Guys, I'm telling you, this. I told you the mic drops were coming. I, we had to reload. We had to get some more. So we only have a few more minutes here. So I wanted to make sure we, we definitely tell the audience where they can connect with you. Where's the best place they can connect with you? AmberlyLago.com. Okay. You can always shoot me a text message at 818-214-7378. In fact, if you want a free download yep. to tap into your own power of resilience, I have a free playbook. And you can just text me the word grit. Just text the word G-R-I-T to 
and it gives you a free download and it's direct access to me. And it's really me texting you. So sometimes people are like, yeah, is that really yeah. you? And I'm like, three days later, I'm like, it's me. So you get direct access, you get the download. And I also want to make sure they know where to find your book and tell them real quickly what to expect in the book and your podcast too. You got an amazing podcast. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, it's easy. Thank you. I want to be like you. Oh, when, I was saying, when I get to 300 episodes, I want to be like, like a pro like he I was you're looking at your what I was looking at your uh your podcast and I was like wow it's called True Grit and Grace the Love book it. is called True Grit and Grace it's my book is really how to tap into your resilience it's really your call to encourage and going after your dreams no matter what and it's really a, I wanted to give people hope that they can get through the most difficult challenges ever and then my podcast is rock stars like you. I really wanted a place where I could share stories of struggles to success and there where people open up their playbooks and they share their secrets of how they have attained so much happiness, success, and resilience. Yeah. So that's awesome. I'm excited to come. I'll make sure to bring some mics with me so I can drop them. Yep. Uh, bring extra for you. We're going to need a few. So it'll be fun. I can't wait. And I'm just so grateful to have you here. And you're now like our neighbor. You're in Texas. Back like, home. Were you born here? I was born in Greenville. Oh, and okay. so my whole family is in this area. So I moved back to be close to family. And I'm hoping I'll see them a little bit more. Life gets a little lifey. And, <laughs> yeah. But I'm really hoping to hang out with y'all. Oh, yeah. to be hanging oh, out. Oh, for sure. Oh, you can hang yeah. out. Oh, it's all now. Okay, so one real, real, real quick thing. So I met you through Heather, uh -huh. right? Through at Heather Monahan's book Heather. launch. She's amazing, oh, right? Gosh, mm -hmm. I love Heather. And she was actually supposed to come in person oh, she for was. that book launch. Yeah, but COVID, you know, yeah. the travel oh, and all, 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 all. So anyways, maybe one day we'll get her down here too. And we'll all go, go hang out and yeah. Heather, be a good time. If you were watching this, you can come stay with me, girl. I got a room for you. See that? Come there you go. Heather. That happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This will be fun. But yeah, we'll definitely, we're, we've got a lot of really cool things planned. In-person events, a lot of really cool stuff going on and we want well, you involved. Sign me up. Oh, we got a whole new network for you. Oh my yeah. goodness. Thanks for listening to the Who You Know Show podcast. My name is Trevor Houston, and if you've enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing wherever you listen and leave us a positive review to help us keep the mics on in the studio. Until next week, that's the show. It's all about who you know.